1: Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
2: Good afternoon. It is 4.02 and you are listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Cold enough for you? Man, not only is it chilly, got that wind going. Hold on to your toupee, 17 the high today, low of 9 tonight. I'm not really sure I could tell the difference either way. I am looking forward to the fact that tomorrow we're supposed to up to up to 30. You know you're freezing when you're saying tomorrow we're going up to 30. Wednesday, it'll be like we're in the Bahamas. Cloudy, rainy, except for that part, but 45 the high on Wednesday. So get through today, you'll be all right. L.A. Rams and the New England Patriots both winning exciting games in overtime, so they'll face off in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, and the Sixers are home tonight taking on Houston. James uh, Harden and the rest of the Rockets in town. We are glad at this point to bring in our every now and again wonderful guest, Gary G. Cobb, gcobb.com. Hello, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you making out? I'm just trying to recover from watching those games yesterday. That was something.
3: Yeah, that was that was something else. That was uh, that was some classic playoff football there yesterday. I tell you that, boy.
2: That was exciting. Exciting games, both of them. The uh, Rams, of course, and the Patriots winning in overtime. And you can talk a lot about each of those games. Did you particularly care? I mean, you're a professional and a media broadcast guy, so. Uh, you maybe maybe rooting who you're rooting for is a little stronger way of expressing it. But did you have a a hope for who the Super Bowl would feature? Well, I was I was hoping uh, Rams, uh, Chiefs. You know, yeah. And I, was, what, I
3: was hoping Rams Chiefs, but but it didn't it didn't work out. But
2: you got one of them.
3: That's what I was hoping. Were you hoping it you know, was uh, Rams Chiefs? Uh, because you know you have you want to see some new blood in there, and I would. I w- I wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to see Big Red win.
2: You know. Yeah. Andy Reid, the uh, head coach of the Chiefs, gets close yet again, and yet again, not quite far enough. Although, you know, I'm not sure how much, how much more he can do. Uh, he's had. He's run into the Patriots more than once over the years, and they're just a tough team to to nail down.
3: Well, I tell you, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean. Talking about a young, talented player, you know. Yeah. He's got uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him, and you know they got a good football team. You know they they just left the door open. You know they really didn't start fast enough, and they left the door open in the end. And they got to just do better on that coin toss.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's- for yeah, for those who I mean, for those who did not see that, you know, just winning the coin toss and not even getting a chance to touch the ball, uh, every every year something happens where now there needs to be a new rule. And uh, you you know, you played the game for a lot of years. When something big happens, like in the first game, the Rams in New Orleans, and there's a a, a pass interference call that could have also been a helmet to helmet call, and the referee just flat out missed it somehow. And as some have said, uh, legacies can be altered by a non-call. Uh, so now we need to have a way. F- it was not a reviewable call. So now you know there'll be talk about well, what can we do in a situation like that where it was just so obvious there was just no no recourse for the, for the referees. What do you what are your thoughts on you know making those kinds of changes? Is it is it just at some point you have to say sorry? The refs are human, or do you keep tweaking things? based upon what's happening
3: well I, I think you I think you want to continue to tweet things because um, you know that was a situation where you know somebody should have made that call um, I, I don't know if you have a, a, somebody that can can overrule something and uh, because they, they do that on the um, when you get a chance you know you have some chance to question certain calls but Right, I, right. I don't know what they could do with it. It's like right offhand, right now, I don't know what they could do, but they do need to think about something because that's, you know, that that's that's a major effect upon the careers of players and coaches. And uh, it was a case where that was just a blatant penalty that should have been called. You know,
2: it is kind of crazy. We're chatting with G Cobb. Uh, G dot coms, where you can find him, and other places too. And the uh, media, you know, professional in this market for many, many years. When you, when you think about all the storylines that change, you know, it's near the end of the game. If the penalty is called, the Saints now are going to be in much better position to, you know, kick a field goal, run the game out, clock out, and they win, and they're in the Super Bowl. Instead, another 53 players are going to the Super Bowl instead, and that's on their resume. That turns into contract dollars. That turns into a lot of things that happen because you had the chance to go versus not go. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. And similarly, in the second game where the Chiefs lose to the Patriots. And uh, – The Chiefs don't even get a chance to have one crack in overtime at the ball. And now instead of them having an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, I mean, you can say, right, you have opportunities along the way to win the game in other places. I guess it comes into focus at the very end. Uh, But it is is pretty crazy to think about. And again, you as a player, did you have any moments like that that were super close one way or the other that should have been, should have, could have, would have? Well, I, I, I can't say that there was just a flat-out uh, miss with a play,
3: but I did have a situation where when I was playing with Detroit and um, we had a kick against San Francisco, where it was a a game-deciding kick, and, you know, the kicker missed the kick. It was a playoff game, and it would have meant, a, you know, a chance to go, to go play in the NFC Championship game. And mm. unfortunately, our kicker missed the kick, and uh, – we lost, and they won. And that was that was against Joe Montana and that uh, San Francisco 49er team. So a lot of times, you know, games come down to the wire, and uh, you, you want to have the deserving team uh, really make it. You don't want to have missed calls and that sort of thing. But right. uh, really, I don't know how they're ever going to get to be perfect at it. You just want to see that they, they need to improve on where they were this year, though, because that wasn't one of the better um, – uh, the better officiated games. When you miss uh, something that blatant, uh, you know, late in the game like that, uh, that was that was very unfortunate. I, you know, I felt felt bad for the Saints a little bit, but then I remembered the way they acted when they beat the Eagles and said, you know, I'm making a deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> With all the
2: love you can muster, I'm sure. That's right. That's right. No, I mean it's it's uh, and
3: I, I'm going to see those guys down at the Super Bowl and everything and. And, you know, you end up kind of joking with guys and everything. Because um, mo- most of the guys in the league are, are, are good guys who, um, uh, you know, they take it and uh, they'll be all right. Uh, so I think that uh, the Saints will be all right. But uh, uh, you, you hate to see them go out that way uh, with a missed call. So that that's unfortunate. But,
4: yeah,
2: as they say, that's what happens sometimes, you know. Well, their head coach, Sean Payton, talked about, and obviously very candid right after the game, I, I'm not sure we'll we'll ever really recover from this, uh, and you know it probably will sting for a long time, and I'll yeah, certainly he's,
3: be. He's just talking though. He he's going <laughs> over the line, but they're never going to recover. I mean, you know, um, you know they'll they'll be all right, but the, but it's unfortunate though because that was a blatant pass interference penalty, and uh, the refs just flat out missed it. You know, so well,
2: in your case, G, in your lifetime, in, in, on a related topic, whether it's football or not. Uh, knowing that you love the Lord a lot. Can you pick out an, an example in your own life where maybe something was, whether it was unfair or just something really hard and, and, uh, and you know, how you did get over it or through it, just like Sean Payton saying, you know, understandable, it's going to be very, very difficult to, to digest this. You know, when when you have the Lord, you have, you certainly are not immune to very difficult circumstances or things. And uh, whether it's something for you personally or i know you do counseling and, and work with a lot of people mm-hmm. you know how how would you what would you point people to as far as the the challenges in their lives and how they would well get you know over
3: um you know i definitely have had you know uh setbacks with uh you know sports uh, had games where uh, we've lost and uh, uh disappointing uh endings and things um so uh, you know i had uh, you know numerous times uh, when i you know when i was playing with the eagles we had some uh, we lost some games and that sort of thing. So I've had it, like on the sports in the sports arena, and um, I remember finishing second when I was at USC uh, to uh, Alabama one year. Uh, we beat them one year, but we lost them one year. And uh, you know we had a real good team. That was really kind of uh, you know a, a really a downer and everything. But um, you know I've learned that you know there's more. The more important things that are available, and in the really the big things, the big things that are eternal, we won. You know, uh, we, mm. you know, I got Jesus, I found the Lord, so I won. Ultimately, you know, I'm a winner, and uh, we all can be winners with the Lord. And uh, you know, He's the one that can make everything right. Uh, but um, you can't really put all of your hope. And these things that are perishable, you know, they're going to come and go. You know, they're going to play another game next year. In fact, they're going to be playing games (laughs) forever, as long as they can play them and people will come watch them. They're going to play another game next year. It's not the ultimate game. I know guys, uh, because I counsel players, I know guys I see a Super Bowl ring on with all kind of problems. That Super Bowl ring doesn't solve their problem. So the Super Bowl ring is not the ultimate game. It's, it's, it's not the ultimate game to have peace. You know, that peace that passes understanding doesn't come with the Super Bowl ring. You know, it comes with knowing the Lord. So yeah. um, you, you just have to put uh, your faith in the right places and uh, put our faith in the Lord because uh, everything else that's here on this earth is perishable and it's going to eventually fade away. So we got to make sure we've got our, our faith and our hope in the right place.
2: Amen. Amen. So, who's gonna win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Just kidding.
3: <laughs> well, I, you know, I I gotta go down there. I'm gonna go down there and uh, do fine. some smoothing. I gotta do a week of smoothing down there. You
2: know. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, well. <laughs> even should... though
3: you know what, smoothing is not a hard job.
2: <laughs> you're, I'm guessing you're good at it. You've been around a long and time. It, you know all all the I angles. It,
3: you know, it, you know it's it's really almost like a. Uh, a reunion for a lot of the guys in the league because you get together, you know, guys start telling stories and <laughs> everybody's laughing about, you know, you have things happen, you know, in the past that you you weren't laughing when it happened, <laughs> but now you could, but now you can laugh at it. See, so
2: yeah, that's good. Yeah, so that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. G. Cobb is our guest. You have a couple minutes. We just had to do a short break. I want to chat with you a couple other quick things before you. No no, no problem. All right. Very good. Let's do a short break. We'll come back with Gary G. Cobb. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in today.
1: It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening.
2: It's 417 on AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show rolling along. Gary G. Cobb is our guest. And, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, throw something at you. What How old were you, Gary, when you finished playing football, roughly?
3: Uh I was uh, about uh, 33 years old.
2: Okay. It's a, it's a game where 33 in some places is old. And, I mean, you know, in, in football or 33, 35. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. But in another- once you once you turn once you turn 30, uh, your teammates start
3: calling you old man.
2: <laughs> well, yep. it's funny just to think when, when you hear about Tom Brady, he's 41, like he like he's ready for retirement or something like, well, and, you know, uh, so I, I bring that up simply because, uh, you know, today being Martin Luther King Jr. Day and you know honoring him, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was he was assassinated when he was only thirty nine. Yeah. And some people may not realize the uh you know whole, that whole thing and you were just a wee tot at the time I guess right you were a, a young man do you remember much about those that that day or those that era
3: I I, I, re- I remember it very clearly because I I remember my mom she was uh, when I got home from school she was crying and um we had um uh, you know like I was born in, I was born in North Carolina and I I lived there till I was 6 and and i remember um when we were coming up north
2: oh, i think he's still there let'll try that again sorry your phone had, dropped I, out there you go I,
3: i'm sorry i had my <laughs> you know the cord slip out but anyway okay uh when i was uh, 6 years old uh we moved north from uh north carolina to connecticut and prior to that i remember when we were coming up the uh in the different streets, you know, they had, you know, black-only, white-only bathrooms, and at uh, times I wouldn't be paying attention. I was a little guy, and I would go in the wrong one. My dad, hey, 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 you can't go over there. Go, got to go over here, you know. Wow. And um, so I, I remember that. Uh, I didn't understand it then, um, but I do remember, um, you know, when Martin, Lux, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., when he was assassinated and everything. Like I said, my mom was crying when I got home. And she's explaining the significance because I, I knew of him, but I hadn't really taken the time to really, you know, know it uh, the way I know it and, you know, learned it uh, afterwards. And um, uh, he definitely, um, you know, was a great leader, um, you know. And, and the thing about it, he wasn't um, into dividing people, you know. And, uh, you know, he loved the Lord and he wanted to uh, change things in a way in which, uh, people would come out whole, you know, and that's important where, you know, um, uh, in, in leaders, uh, sometimes, you know, where they they might not see that where, you know, we, we want to make change, but we want people to be improved. We want everybody to be blessed by the change that we want to see happen, you know? Right. So, um, uh, I thought that he really, um, you know, was, was a great leader and, uh, he wanted to do things the right way, and ultimately, you know, he uh, was life was cut short, uh, and I think he kind of knew it was coming uh, because of you know some of the mail he would get and all of the hate that was going. Uh, but um, uh, you know, I think he left a great legacy because uh, uh, people uh, will th- you know think of serving um, other people and loving other people, and right. and really ultimately, like that's what that's what uh, that's what is needed. You need more of that. Uh,
2: rather than people being divisive. Gary G. Cobb is our guest. Yeah, I'm just thinking he's known obviously for a number of speeches and 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 you know, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Uh hate mm-hmm. cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And uh yep. what what is your take on that as over the years as you went from being that six year old wandering maybe into the wrong restroom and growing into a, a you know, uh, a man now is a grandfather and and what have what have you seen if you, you know over the years that has there been well, you know much I, progress or
3: i, I think I, I think there's i think there's been progress um i think you know we we still have ways to go and i think that there are people that um uh, uh end up trying to benefit from the the uh the different divisions that are still there you know that they want to uh people to try to you know uh uh, run a business off of division, you know. So there's still people that I think um, uh, will will try to to dwell on uh, any divisions that are there. But I, I think, uh, there's been a lot of change, and I know um, in my own life, um, you know, I could go back to my mom. She uh, she 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 uh, my my dad was a postal clerk. My mom, she was a domestic. She cleaned house for you know, would would watch the kids and clean house for. Different people, you know, uh, uh, wealthy people, and um, I would go have to pick her up in the evening. And um, when I was a kid, and you know, some of the people she worked for, they they helped us. Uh, They helped, and I had three brothers and three sisters. We had a big family, and uh, you know, we were lower middle class. You know, eventually, but we didn't start off there. And uh, my dad got a job as a postal clerk when we moved north. You know. and, you know, uh, we, you know, thank God we were able to – we always had, you know, a roof over our heads and everything. But uh, there were people that helped us, and then they were all different ethnicities. Uh, they um, saw things in my parents that uh, they wanted to see a life for their kids, and they helped us. And so um, I can think of a lot of people that helped me that, you know, aren't necessarily my ethnicity. So yeah. I don't really look at people uh, – just looking at what their color is. If it was that easy to tell, well, all the good people are this color and all the bad people are this color. If, if it was that simple, <laughs> life would be simple. But it, 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 we, we all know that it's not that. You know, right. they're good people of all different races. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the Lord wants us to be the kind of people that bring people together rather than, than like I said, divide people and um, and to love other people. Because there are plenty of people... Uh, that need love and need uh, people to care for them. And uh, that's what Martin Luther King emphasized. And, uh, you know, uh, whatever you do, you know, be the kind of person that loves other people and and that uh, enhances other people rather than than, than tear them down, you know, because it's easy to tear people down.
2: It's true. It's true. You know, one of the other things that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. had said, or a couple quotes that he has that are similar, one says, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, and also we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Uh, just thinking, mm-hmm. the, you know, how can how can uh, each one of us in our own world? Because some of us may not be in a world where there is at least outwardly much uh, racism or verbal uh, or division. Some people maybe experience it much more often. Uh, but you know, what's what can people do? proactively in their own circle of influence to bring about some of the things that, that, uh, Dr. King spoke about. And of course, what our Lord speaks about, what have you seen uh, as far as even promoting small changes, any kind of, as part of the messages you have? I
3: think that we all can be an influence on youngsters, you know, um, you know, with, with, with what we tell them, with the, with the seeds that we sow into them, uh, and that we, we talk to them about, uh, you know being the kind of people that love other people, being the kind of people that are uh, you have their hearts and their arms open to uh to help others you know and that uh, we're looking for the good in people and uh we uh, always try to add um, to somebody and to uh, increase them rather than to decrease them and that we we love other people and i I think by doing that you your influence uh and people don't know that uh, your influence of people every day that you wake up. And so the circle that you are in, you know, uh, love those people, increase them, uh, help them, and uh, give where you can, you know, because that's really where the good life is. Uh, the good life, because uh, Jesus said, if you really wanted to know my joy, that, you know, if you love other people, that's where you get a chance to know the true joy. And uh, that's where loving other people, that's where life is at. Yeah, I
2: wonder... Yeah. No, I I wonder as you're talking there. Like for me, I did not. I never, I never was in this. It's just foreign to me, the concept of not thinking what you're talking about. But that may have come from where I came from. Maybe as you're talking about helping youngsters to the next generation, culturally to understand what really Mm -hmm. the truth of love one another and we're made in God's image. And it's, you know, even this song, this very simple song that many of us sung as kids, Jesus loves me, this I know, or Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. You know, Jesus made the ch- little children of the world. And to emphasize that, because I wonder if it if it just becomes something people have observed, it's a subculture that they're in or a situation, set of circumstances they're in that they think this is okay, this is normal to treat people a certain way, when it's, it's like, where did you get that idea? Where did that? Why would you think? Why would you possibly think that it's okay to treat someone of a different ethnicity, for example, as, as lesser than you are? You know. So mm-hmm. you know. I, anyway, I'm just. I guess I'm reemphasizing what you're saying about.
3: No, no. What, what, what you're saying is, I mean, and uh, and the light, see, the light shines and exposes the darkness. You know. So uh, by just a, a person with that with the with the love of the Lord in their heart just go ahead and live it out, hmm. it, it, it just exposes all the darkness. So um, uh, really living that, um, letting that light of, of the Lord shine through you and his love shine through you is all people would do, because if you do that, it, it really exposes the darkness. So uh, Amen. we need more, you know, we need more and more and more and more people to uh, go ahead and let that light shine through them.
2: Amen. Well, I'll be praying for you as you're... Uh, doing your schmoozerola in Atlanta for the Super Bowl next in the next week or two. That, okay, I, I appreciate it. I know that you will. I know that you will have a good time and enjoy and all that and telling the stories. But I know that you're you're going with a mission. You're not. Your your heart's with the Lord. You want to be able to be a blessing well, to those people you are spend time with.
3: Well, you know a lot of a lot of the um, the people that I that I've been dealing with. A lot of them are former players, and and and, and my job. Uh, one of the things I do is I. Um, We'll be uh, trying to help guys uh, in their career after uh, they finish playing football. So, um, you know, uh, a lot of times it's a, uh, you know, it, it's just what I was talking about, which is, uh, you know, loving the guys and to uh, sit down and listen, hmm. seeing what's going on in their lives, you know, and being there for people. That's that's really what it's all about, and and that's what uh, I'll be going down there to do.
2: Amen. All right, my friend. It's yep. a privilege talking to you. Great to be encouraged by you as well, and uh, and look forward to catching up with you again. Maybe if, maybe if you have six seconds for us when you're in the midst of all that Super Bowl whoop-de-doo, we can get an up-close uh, picture of what's happening.
3: Yeah, yeah, no problem about it. Plus, you know, uh, while we're down there, we're going to be doing different things. There are going to be uh, different uh, things going on that, uh, you know, we'll be um, talking about the Lord uh down there at the Super Bowl and so uh there are a lot of good things that will be going on so uh good. you know they have uh oh yeah throughout the week there'll be chapels and different things guys coming together to pray and and um uh they have different things where they have all pro dads where we'll be uh uh working with some of the youngsters uh down there in the Atlanta area and uh a, a lot of good things so uh, the Lord is will uh uh we'll be down in Atlanta oh yeah
2: Amen. Well, Down in Atlanta. Can, people can pray for you there, and you can also catch catch up with Gary on his website, gcobb.com. It's just the letter G-C-O-B-B, gcobb.com. And, uh, Gary, thanks again for taking time with us today.
3: My, my pleasure, and uh, God bless you, and you, everybody have a great
2: week. You too. All right. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. We'll take a short break and continue our program on AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
1: Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at wfil.com.
2: It's 433 on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL wfil.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Forecast calling for a clear and very chilly evening tonight. Low of 9. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 30. Warming up a bit. Wednesday, cloudy, rainy, and a high of 45 couple of exciting games yesterday. The Rams winning 26-23 over New Orleans in overtime. And the Patriots did it again. Knocking off Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs 37-31, also in overtime. And so now it will be the Rams and Patriots in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. The Sixers are home this evening against James Harden and the Houston Rockets. So if you have listened to this program for any length of time, you hopefully have picked up on kind of a an important foundational theme or or philosophy to the program. And it's that this program is based on John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And uh, I love that verse, and uh, my heart's desire for this program is that it reflects that meaning whether you are rich or poor or wherever you come from in life, whether you have lots of people who know who you are, or nobody really knows you that well, or whether you have tons of obvious abilities or uh, maybe not as many, whatever it is that you're made in God's image and you have eternal value. And that's why God, the father sent his son for you. And as long as you are walking this planet, you have a chance to jump on that promise from John three sixteen. And so Uh, I would uh, every now and again, I like to really mix up the program by having folks on from different walks of life, not just famous people that you would know. Uh, We had Gary Cobb on just now. Great man of God, loves the Lord, played for the Eagles, played for the Lions and the Cowboys. He's a broadcaster uh, in many respects in sports radio and uh, television and uh, all that. And that's wonderful. And and Gary, I love having him on. He has a lot of insight. And um, I I learn having him on. But I also like to, uh, you know, have people on every now and again who, you know, you don't know who they are. One per, You wouldn't know if you walked down the street. Um, and I wa- I'm saying this partly because I want to make that an invitation, uh, Lord willing, over time, that some of our guests will, will fit that category. Because uh, our next guest here, his name is John Kelly. And John's a friend of mine who you wouldn't know if you walked down the street. You wouldn't, you know, unless you happen to know him from uh, everyday life. Uh, but he has a pretty cool story I want to share with you. He doesn't have an official website. He has a very neat ministry in Philadelphia. And uh, anyway, let's get into it. Hello, John. Hi, my friend. How are you? Good. Thanks for hopping on today. Oh, uh, I love it. I love it. I uh, have known you for quite some time, and I've had you on my mind. I have, have as, as a guest, and I wanted to bring you in for the ministry that you do locally but I, before that, I, I thought it might be nice for people to just hear a little bit about how the Lord got a hold of you.
5: Oh, man, that's, that's <laughs> a wonderful story. And I can't believe I'm sharing it uh, on your radio station. Yeah. Um, the, the words, "saved a wretch like me, come to mind. For decades, I've been a rock and roll drummer. Yes. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm a DJ, too. Yeah. And um, with God-appointed sobriety a clarity, and a mission Hmm. in being a DJ these days, part of my work, uh, a good chunk of my work, happens out of Philadelphia. Hmm. And what I do and what brought about my change was a decision for sobriety, and within 24 hours or so of making that decision, never heard the the voice of the Lord in my life back in church as a child, I probably would have thought it very awkward to hear those kind of things. Yeah. And the Lord said something to me, and the words were, go to church with your mother. When that happened, it was clear as could be. There was no decision to be made. I had heard the voice of the Lord. And with my change and learning more about God's Word, um, he had me kind of honed in on my surroundings professionally and what I do when it comes to trips to Philadelphia.
2: Well, before we get to that, uh, just to clarify, you grew up with some kind of church background, so it wasn't a oh, strange I, thing yeah. for you, right? But you yep, didn't, didn't, yeah, didn't embrace it, though, until the Lord got a hold of you a little later in life.
5: Well, I went to Christian school for half a year of kindergarten and straight through to graduation in high school. Okay. Um, I, m- there was a lot of knowledge, and I'm so glad that it was given to me, even at a time where later on in high school— um, all I wanted to do was be as good as the drummer of Def Leppard and be Tommy Lee.
2: <laughs> so did you drum as a kid
5: a lot? Yes, I started drumming at ten years old.
2: Wow, that's fun. Yes. So, so you had um, that input, and so that's an encouragement to those who, for example, teach in that system to say, you know, keep at it. You may not see it right then, but then, so you went into drumming and then and DJing and all mobile DJing. At what mm-hmm. point then were you were you saying then the Lord reentered? Uh, in terms of through sobriety and helping you flip the switch in his direction.
5: How... Uh, I can I can talk about this openly without any guilt because I've been forgiven, but what, what really triggered all this was a DUI.
4: Hmm.
5: Woke up the next morning. My wife had to pick me up at the local police station on a weeknight where she had to work. And praise God, I say that with absolute conviction, Praise God, I got that DUI because it triggered a decision to stop drinking. Hmm. And with with that clarity came knowledge of the Lord, and he put me on a mission.
2: Amen. Yeah. Amen. My friend John Kelly is joining us uh, for a little bit here on the Tim DeMoss Show. I, I would love to, as a side note, love to do this more often just to invite folks to call in and share. Uh, John has a ministry that, as, you know, as you've been walking with the Lord now, for how many years has it been that you've been— Walking with him, you know, in this um, new, in this new well,
5: way? I've been a believer all my life, but this change took place with sobriety, 2019 would make it eight years.
2: Okay. Amen. So God and- keeps working, and as we got to know each other yeah. some years ago, there's part mm-hmm. of—I sometimes say this on the show, you know, Jesus died for you, but not just for you. So it'll make it so personal that we think, you know, you get to heaven one day and say, hey, what are you doing in here? I didn't— <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, well, let's be I careful. So. We don't get too inward. So, But you definitely have an outward focus. I know that you've shared about ministry that you have in the city. Uh, share about that, if you would. I would love people to, to know a little bit what's going on right in their own backyard.
5: Sure. Um, Philadelphia in, in specifically. Um, yeah. It started with one person, uh man by the name of James, uh, over by 30th Street Station. That's my commute to work when it comes to DJ shifts and such. Yeah. Um, one turned into two, turned into four, turned into weekly Tuesday night prayer gatherings with people that are addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. people that have served time, uh, people that have killed other people. Um, there's a lot of stories out there, and I'll tell you that the Lord can make an impact on all those people, and it has multiplied um, over and over. And
2: That first guy was over James, you said?
5: James. And yeah, how, how did I you meet him in a while?
2: How did you meet him initially?
5: I was leaving work, I think it actually started, just seeing him on a steady basis standing by 30th Street Station.
4: Okay. And I
5: hope I get my, my events correct. <laughs> That's fine. Um, the first encounter I had with him, I drove past him, I believe. Okay. Um, and just gave him a $20 bill, and he just looked at me in the middle of the night. It was probably after a 2 a.m. shift. And he just looked at me, and he said, God bless your heart. And out of his shirt pocket, he pulled out a picture of Jesus that mm. he had. Wow. And that got the ball rolling. My wife, actually, she and I on an occasion gave out cheesesteaks to him, and it led to more people gathering around in it somehow through the Lord. And that led to prayer meetings, uh, praying for healing, knowing full well these people, most of them were very addicted to drugs. But the mm. Lord can have an impact regardless of those
2: drugs. John Kelly is a good friend of mine. He is a fellow uh, DJ. He's a drummer. He's a local guy who's uh, given his life to the Lord, and he's serving God in this very everyday but challenging way. We're going to hear more of John's story in just a moment. Uh, You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show. It's AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
1: Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues.
2: It's 445 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL WFIL.com. Continuing our chat with my friend John Kelly, who uh, was just sharing about a guy, James, that he met at 30th Street Station and. As part of uh, the route he takes when he does his d j work and just being uh, god 's hands and feet and passing out these food bags and the love of the lord and it uh, 's part of a kind of a bigger thing that grew right John I mean you were I know that this is not James is not the only guy. Tell us about the kind of the overall uh, food bag ministry and, and you 're reaching out well,
5: that started just with that little batch of people and i 've made a lot of mistakes along the way too and i I can certainly give some advice sure, um, do that to i want I want to take this moment while it 's fresh in my heart yeah. There's nothing wrong with having a giving spirit, a giving heart for people out there, but you also have to remember uh, we have to be knowledgeable about the surroundings. Yeah. With there being, in Philadelphia specifically, a lot of drugs,
4: sure.
5: Um, I will tell everybody out there listening, do not give cash. Uh, I had situations where money, obviously, on top of the food was being used for bad stuff. Yeah. We don't want that. We want people healthy and clear. And I I actually started giving out with the food bags Wawa gift cards. And with that, it was a great idea for me to – they could get bananas and they could get waters and get toothpaste or whatever they may need. But they were actually taking those gift cards, buying cigarettes, cheap cigarettes with those cards,
4: Hmm.
5: and using those cigarettes to sell for cash to buy drugs. And I only say this not to convict them. I'm not judging them, but that's part of what they can do. They are clever, but we love them. Sure. So I have, through experience, kept it pretty leveled down to food, food bags specifically. Um, Mylar blankets, very inexpensive, and they go a long way. They're very effective. And uh, clothing, things of that nature. And as I get to know these people, they, they trust me enough to tell me when they need something, and they know that I'll probably be around within a couple of days.
2: Um, so, do you have a regular? Have... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, do you? Oh. So, do you, has it? Do you have? A, how How is the ministry going? Is it a fairly established routine where people get to know you a little bit, like you're saying there, and every mm-hmm. certain weeknight or something, or every every other week? Or how do you, how does that work for you? And and uh, partly how people can pray for you is I, I wanted to make sure we threw that in there too.
5: Pray for protection. Pray for John Kelly's protection.
4: Okay,
2: I
5: go into some areas that uh even during the day or at night the devil's always at work um it doesn't matter if it's light or dark out i have in my travels witnessed firsthand now there's no other way to say it but to say that i have seen people possessed mm. uh there's a lot of evil out there but at the same time i learn by looking at these people with the eyes of christ with love that that overcomes anything that might instill fear Remember that Christ is victorious.
2: Have you felt um, that your ministry, John, has been through? Is first and foremost you're providing, you know, food and God's love that way, or or blankets, as you mentioned, and then mm-hmm. whatever comes after that is is extra blessing in terms of being able to share the Lord. I know you love the Lord, so it's not hard for you to to take an opening, so to speak, and have a chance to speak uh, the gospel as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But but do you find that that's kind of it's just more of an organic? Let's see. Uh, here's prepare the, the food bags, as you mentioned. And what what goes in the food bag? You make sandwiches and non-perishables? Is...
5: Uh, well, your your sandwich, first and foremost, with limited time or just a quick handoff of a bag to someone, not only are they getting that food, um, but I do. My mother is involved in this as well. Yeah. She makes somewhere between, I don't know, 60 and 120 bagels uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches per week to help me out. Wow! Yeah, this is this is becoming generational now, and I love it.
4: <laughs> that's great.
5: But with with each food bag, we make sure that in the sandwich or bagel bag, I have a little thing printed out, probably about the size of a business card, that has John 3:16 on it. Hmm. Um, and that's a very good starting point for anybody. And whether they look at it or they don't, it's right there in the sandwich bag. And my whole theory on this has been, I'm not going to save everybody in Philadelphia, although I'd love to. Even if one should come to the Lord, there's rejoicing. So we make sure we put our John 3.16 in with the sandwich bag. At the bottom, I just typed in there, Jesus died for your sins. Believe in him with a happy face. Because I don't want them to feel that they are not worthy. Um, I'm, I'm the rock and roll drummer guy, and I was a wretch. I'm still fighting being a wretch. Mm. But we all do that. But And back to your question about what goes in the food bag, besides John 3.16, sandwich or a bagel, um, a bottle of water. Um, most grocery stores carry applesauce cups in a six-pack. We put one of them in there, yeah. along with a spoon, a napkin, and some kind of a snack. And that varies because over the years, this has expanded to getting some serious help. Um, financially, you know, I do okay. But I have a wife to take care of, and the Lord has supplied me um, through a major grocery store chain and a bagel store in Glassboro, New Jersey, um, with bagels for free, more than we can use, and um, all kinds of supplies from the grocery store chain uh, based out of Glassboro. That's and fantastic. there's so much food coming in that I can't get it all out there. My great grandfather, John Hall Kelly Sr used to, uh, besides his job, sell hot dogs and sell newspapers, I believe, to come up with some extra money to give to um, an organization out of Alloy, New Jersey, called Ranch Hope. Well, all these extra big boxes of food that we have that I can't use on my own, we're giving to Ranch Hope. Um, this one specifically has um, young boys, young men
4: yeah.
5: growing up, sure. and they're learning about, christ in an environment in their family where it's just not present and this is going generational like i said before this goes back to my great-grandfather and if, if that isn't the lord at work i don't know what it is <laughs> That's
2: it's amazing
5: great. i i'm the rock and roll drummer i wasn't supposed to do this <laughs> praise god for it amen it's amazing
2: amen mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your your testimony John and uh just oh, a, I love you Tim. and uh, and sharing about the ministry you're doing and you know John 316 is really how this show uh, I, it's it's the verse that the show is founded on so I, I'm it's neat that you have that in your bag there it's uh you know I figure as long as someone's walking the planet they have an opportunity to turn to him and just so you know like in radio land it's often said that people listen to radio because it's a safe medium. So there are a lot of people who listen who probably aren't Christians yet, but they're thinking about it uh, in some shape or form. And so sometimes we'll have folks on the program or just, you know, everyday folks are not necessarily believers or people who are work for whatever organization in the community, maybe just something informational for our listeners. But our hope is that we can build some bridges, just like you're you're doing in your work in a different way uh, to bring that good news to people. So keep up the good work. I'm excited that uh, we could have a little time with you today.
5: Ah, uh, meet too. I love you, Tim. You're a great man.
2: <laughs> you too, brother. We'll catch everything again soon. I hope so. All right, my buddy John Kelly checking in. We're almost out of time for the program, but uh, I wanted to have John on, and and I, I know, and in, in the days to come, Lord Willing, we're gonna have more opportunities just to see what's going on in our own region and just everyday stuff. Maybe you have somebody you know that's serving the Lord in an interesting way, certain kind of mission. Uh, you know, John doesn't have a website. He's not taking donations or. Whatever, nothing official, but he's doing the business of God's, of, you know, God's love, hands and feet, uh, day by day. And it's ironic, as John and I both a DJ, you know, weddings and things like that, and, and he also plays in the band. And John's told me stories where he's just, you know, on the way to a job or on the way back from a job. He has these bags in the car as part of his evening. It's just the coolest thing. So uh, I'm glad to have had John on the show. And uh, again, Lord willing, we'll have more opportunities to have some guests on the program that fit that description, so to speak. We're going to take a short break. We'll wrap up with a couple of thoughts here in just a moment. WFIL.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL and WFIL.com. It's
2: 457. Tim DeMoss Show today, of course, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He was born 90 years ago in a week, January 15th, 1929. And so uh, were he alive today, it would he would have just uh, turned 90. My father, actually, ironically, and my father-in-law are both 90 right now. My dad calls that advanced middle age. So I'm going to remember that one. I'm 50, and I am <laughs> sometimes I'm feeling old. But uh, my dad reminds me. And part of it is if you take care of yourself, it, it does help uh, you know, health-wise uh, to – get enough rest and to eat properly. So it's always a challenge, but I'm working on it. Um, On the Dr. Martin Luther King angle one more time. uh, just, uh, today is the annual greater Philadelphia, Martin Luther King jr. Day of service, the 24th year of this 1800 service projects throughout the region. It's pretty cool. And uh, there are a lot of special events that were taking place over the weekend that are taking place today with the weather being what it is. Uh, there may be some cancellations, so check before you go. But also, there may be some rescheduled events. So if it turned out that you weren't able to get your your, your you know your your things together, get your act together, and be ready, there actually may be still some events to take that in. And, you know whether it's later this week or next week. So I'm sure if you tap into our buddy Mister Google, you can figure that out. We're going to turn things over to Jim Maxim, Acts Four Thirteen 13 Ministries now. He'll lead in prayer. And then at 5 o'clock, Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. Thanks for listening in today. You can catch the podcast, This and Other Tim DeMoss Shows at WFIL.com.
1: Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.